you're going to charge for it or not isn't the issue. It's just, are you creating value? Are you just using the opportunity to make more money without producing any additional value? Buying and selling businesses just got a lot easier. Welcome to the Web Equity Show, where thousands of successful entrepreneurs go to learn about buying, growing, and selling online businesses. Your hosts, Justin Cook and Ace Chapman, share their real-life advice, examples, and expert interviews to help you build and grow your own online portfolio. Now to your hosts, Justin and Ace. Welcome back to the Web Equity Show. I'm your host, Justin Cook, and I'm here with my co-host, Ace Chapman. And today we are talking opportunities. Yeah, man, I'm excited to get into this just because there's so many controversial things that, that people are doing because of what's going on with the coronavirus. So, you know, some things that I personally wouldn't do, but it'll be interesting to talk about some of the opportunities that exist right now. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, coronavirus and the worldwide pandemic is the elephant in the room. And, you know, while we could, I mean, it's so easy to talk about this and I'm a deep diver. Like I find myself like deep diving into this and looking up information and trying to figure out what's going on. But I thought it'd be fun to do a show where we talk about some of the opportunities that are presented. I mean, with this kind of the craziness that's going on in the markets and with the health crisis, there are business opportunities and there are opportunities to grow and expand your business and start businesses and, and things. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about that, particularly because we have a lot of people that are looking for things to do right now and wanted to get into those things. So before we do that, buddy, let's do a quick listener love piece. We've got a five-star review from JWB Brown. So it's top-notch business buying knowledge. If you want a master level course on all the ins and outs of buying and selling online businesses, this is it. Really appreciate the review. If you're digging the show, make sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast listing device, and we'll be sure to give you a shout on the show. That's the thing that I always tell people, and I love when we get a review like this, is that this could have been a course. I think, you know, if we wanted to, we could have easily put together this information and put it inside of a course. And, you know, I'm proud, especially how long it's lasted. I don't think that there's been enough changes that the information isn't as valuable as it was when we did it. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's true. We don't make our money on courses. Like we're not selling courses. We're not like information sellers, but yeah, absolutely. And the fact that we're really doing deals in the space, I think is particularly good knowledge. I see courses out in this kind of industry and these are people I've never heard of (laughs) that have never bought or sold a business with us or anyone else as far as I can tell. And I think it's really fascinating that they're selling information around the space. So I'm, I'm hoping we can counteract that with our free podcast and content that we exactly. share pretty regularly. All right, man, let's get into it. Opportunities. I mean, part of my thought process for talking about this is thinking about like where people are at, right? And there's a whole lot of people that are going to be at home or wherever, you know, their temporary home is. And, you know, they're self-quarantining, they're staying indoors, you know, they're socially distancing themselves from other people. And so there's a captive audience right now. I also think there's going to be a lot of increased, you know, online purchases, people looking to buy things where they aren't in the store, where they aren't interacting with other people. And so I don't know about you, but I know uh, people selling FBA have actually seen their sales increase. Yeah, yeah. We've had a deal even on the affiliate side where we've got a bidet business. Now, I still don't get the obsession with the toilet paper, but man, we're selling out of bidets and, and killing it even just on the affiliate side. 
It's so funny, you know, this that's very popular in Asia. They call it the bum gun or whatever. It's just so popular here. And I've seen a lot of people responding kind of as a joke to the toilet paper shortages that have been going on. They're like, hey, man, you guys need to get with the program. So there was someone that created or, you know, basically created a bum gun type thing on the cheap where you can add to your home and selling it for not crazy amounts of money, maybe 100 bucks or 200 bucks or something. And apparently their sales are through the roof. So. I don't know about you, man, but you know, I've been doing this kind of self-quarantine for a bit now, and it's a little isolating. You know, I'm married, so it's my wife and I that, you know, at least we have each other, right? That's really helpful. But I can imagine if I was by myself, it would be pretty crappy. I don't know. Do you know Amelia Gardner? I do. I know that name. Yeah, she's the YouTuber. She's relatively new, but she has a cool YouTube channel. And In our space. She's bright, yeah, interesting. Yeah. She's talked a lot about that. the Yeah, yeah. Talked a lot about the income store stuff, and she's bought some sites. She's great. And she did a – I just happened to be online, and my wife and I, it was Sunday night, and we were at home. She was drinking a little bit of wine. I had some vodka soda. That sounds aggressive, so I'll pretend I was drinking wine too. <laughs> and, uh, and we were we, – I was just – I saw a thing pop up for YouTube Live. I was like, oh, that's cool. Amelia's doing one. So I popped on there and she was kind of talking about things that are going on and, you know, what's going on with her business and what's going on in the world. And it was fantastic. You know, I was chatting and leaving comments and she was responding to it. And it just struck me how like that helps with this disconnected feeling we're having and how there's a real opportunity for those types of things. So you know, all these things going on, I was thinking about it in terms of marketing, which is one of the areas I wanted to touch. You have, you know, an audience of people that are somewhat disconnected that are sitting at home with additional time on their hands. I think it's a great opportunity right now to start an interactive through an interactive medium like YouTube Live or Facebook Live to start a podcast. I think podcasts could do really, really well right now because there's a lot of people looking for information and Board, frankly. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's kind of cool that it's on both sides. You know, creating something can be kind of fill the time and, you know, it be enjoyable and allow you to connect with other people. And then on the other side, you have a hungry audience that they're sitting there bored and so they want to connect. So I love that, you know, the podcasting is cool. I find myself doing more YouTube videos. But I think you're right. Live is the unique opportunity because unlike other times when you go live, like maybe the people are out or maybe the people are at work. Like this is the one time that you go live and there is the highest likelihood that that person is on their couch trying to figure out what they're going to watch on Netflix and bored. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think think whatever's like the most connecting and engaging will be the highest value in you. So live video would seem to be that because you can react in real time to comments. It feels like more of a conversation than just output is like a podcast. I still think podcasts and even the videos, like the videos you're doing are helpful and will be quite popular and useful in the coming weeks and months. But yeah, I think the connected stuff would be good. Quick question. Have you noticed any uptick on kind of your YouTube views? Have you noticed anything there or has it just been kind of the same old, same old? Um, You know, I've got my audience and it's not this huge audience or like fast growing. It's kind of a niche thing. It's been growing. It just like, you know, I get a couple hundred new subscribers every month. And but the thing that I've noticed is there's a lot more interactivity, you know, like 
it was shocking. I put up a video and like within an hour, there were like eight, nine comments already. So yeah, I think it, that's what, what you're talking about is definitely evident. It's just now people are watching the whole video, which, you know, most of the time you're like, okay, let me get the point that I'm out of here. And then taking the time to comment, which is just a sign that, oh yeah, I got a lot more time on my hands. Yeah. And a need for connection. Are you, are you alone? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much alone. I have a friend over right now, but I don't have anybody that lives. Is it strange? Do you feel, I mean, I'm not any more than usual, but now because everyone's staying inside more, I'm guessing you're staying inside more. Does it feel a little more lonely? So one of the things that's helpful right now is that the quarantine isn't as bad here. Well, number one, the corona virus isn't as bad here. There aren't as many people that have it. So they've got it a lot more controlled. So it's more Mm -hmm. about just being careful. I'm staying in the house a lot more than I have. You know, yesterday I made a single trip to the cafe, which is like crazy for me. But I've also, you know, I still had my housekeeper that came in. I had a friend that came over. So, you know, kind of staying away from people that are traveling. I'm also not in the more touristy area of town. I'd be a lot more nervous if I were there where there are a lot of people. But I'm curious, what's your quarantine like? Are you literally in your apartment, just in your building? Like, what is your Yeah. So we're in a building in uh, Vietnam, in Saigon, and they've, yeah, I mean, we've been here for two weeks, mostly quarantine. We've been out twice. I've been out twice, one time to go get a haircut and straight back. Mm -hmm. And another time, Isa and I went to dinner and then came back. Like, that was, that's it in two weeks. So, yeah, it's a little, um, it's odd, man, to be honest. And yeah, I mean, luckily we have each other here. So that helps a ton, right? We have fun together. So that's, you know, we're friends. And so we, we have fun together. But like, I can imagine it'd be much worse if I was alone. Yeah. I would be really bored and lonely and looking to connect. And, and that's one of the reasons that I think I just see so much opportunity for connected marketing opportunities. I think webinars, I think would be fantastic. I think small group settings, you see this happening with a lot of musicians, Right. So I'm seeing right now that uh, a lot of musicians are doing like concerts from their living room. Hmm. Have you seen this? No, this sounds awesome, though. It's awesome, dude. So John Legend is wow. doing one. I just saw, what was it Melissa Etheridge did one where she sang a song or yeah. two and just kind of talking to people. And I mean, what an opportunity for them to connect with their fans directly and cut out all the bullshit, <laughs> cut out all the crazy, you know, handlers and all that and just connect directly with their audience. And, and it's touching right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. There's a little bit of just, hey, you know, like you're going to gain so much gratitude from your audience while you also grow your audience because there are going to be people that are sitting there bored. So it is. It's a big opportunity. It's unique to right now. And it's cool because everybody's starting at the same starting point. It's not like anybody knew this was coming. So taking advantage of that right now, it's like, man, it just gives you a huge leg up in the content game. It does. So what do you think, and this is controversial, right? But like, I was reading about someone in a community I'm a part of was talking about how they were involved. And I think it was, I don't want to get the wrong, but I think it was masks and they were buying up a whole bunch of masks and reselling them for much higher prices. And a bunch of other people were doing this on Amazon through Amazon FBA. Right. And so they're buying masks and selling it for a much higher price. And, you know, and I heard about this and I was like, my first thought was like, wow, you're an asshole. Mm -hmm. Right. 
that's just dirty and gross, right? And I still hold that, but there was an argument made. Let me just pose the argument to you because I'm sure our listeners, I'm sure you're going like, yeah, dude, that's nasty. The argument was made, it's a very libertarian argument. It was that, you know, there were these masks that potentially would have sat around because they're in like, you know, disproportioned areas. So you might be in Chattanooga or whatever, and there's a whole bunch of masks and there's people in LA that don't have them available at any of the stores. So by buying them up and making them available at all, you're helping to facilitate the flow of these masks, right? So that's one argument. The other argument is that by charging more, by charging whatever the market will allow the market to sell the masks for, people are buying them for, you're not going to have someone else who just buys them up and hoards them. Mm. So you're not going to have someone that you have 10,000 masks for sale. You're not going to have someone that buys up 300 so they can really stock. They're going to have to think carefully about how many they buy. And that allows for like better distribution of the mass. This person was making all these arguments and they do make sense to me, but it felt like cover like the back of my mind. I'm like, that feels like cover for doing a shitty thing. Exactly. Exactly. I think there are... Is that what you think? It's cover for a shitty thing? It is. You know, like there are opportunities to do things like we were just talking about, where you're contributing to what's going on. And that's like when you're creating content or you're John Legend and you don't need, you're good. Like you're going to make money. Your your money is making money. Like your albums are still making money. It's not like you're in a desperate situation, but here's this opportunity to maybe win some new fans, but you're adding something to the world and with even just the content. And I think the problem there is you're not adding anything to the world. It's not like you went to a manufacturer, you saw this coming, they had access capacity, and you said, hey, yeah. let's create some more mass. That I am all for, charge a lot of money for it, and you have contributed something. But it's essentially arbitrage, and to use arbitrage in a time like this I gives me a weird feeling, you know? Yeah, there's no way around it. Like, it's just, it's awkward. I think you've nailed it, man. I think it's the arbitrage issue. If the person went out and bought the machines to create the mass and they were buying the raw materials and having the mass created, that seems to add value. If there's more mass needed and you're making more, that should be a very positive thing, exactly. right? But if you're hoarding mass that are already produced and just arbitraging, it's just, it's dirty. Would it be dirty to you if like, this doesn't seem dirty to me, but if John Legend said, hey, I'm gonna charge you five bucks to come to my virtual concert or whatever, no. like would that seem dirty or no, not? No, again, I, I think you're doing, he's doing work, especially if it did happen to be $5. Like, hey, you know, this is also a bargain, but whatever the cost is, you know, he is creating a unique opportunity in a time where people are looking for content, looking for interactivity. So yeah, I, I think that is, that's what it boils down to. Are you creating value in the market? Whether you're gonna charge for it or not isn't the issue. It's just, are you creating value? Or are you just using the opportunity to make more money without producing any additional value? It reminds me a lot of the argument about that guy, who was it that was selling the drugs for too much or whatever? Yeah, Mark. Um, people got really uh, mad at him. I remember he talking Shrinkle. His, his name almost matches his Yeah, Shrikali Shr- or yeah. Sh- something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and like he made some of the same arguments, and I thought they were interesting, but I just, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I somewhat agree with the arguments, but it just seems so dirty that I don't want to bother with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we see a lot of things. So there's so many opportunities right now where it's like, man, you know, I could go and do that, but 
uh, that's not really creating anything new. And, and yeah, he is the exact example of just, oh, here's this thing. I'm not going to add any value. I'm not going to make the drug better. I'm not going to make it different. You know, I could even see if the mask was something that they took the mask, they made it a better mask or, or something like that. But, you know, literally not creating any value. And, and that guy actually is sitting in a jail cell because of some other things. But it just is a sign that when you're going down that slippery slope of that kind of thinking, sometimes you can end up doing things that are all the way over the line. Yeah. At the risk of banging this drug a little too long, what do you think about someone who is, let's say they're creating their own product. Let's just say they're creating masks. They're adding value. So they are making the masks themselves, but they're selling them for more than they normally would. If there's normally two bucks a mask or something for eight bucks a mask or whatever. I know that Amazon recently took a bunch of action by shutting down accounts for people that were doing that, that were you know price gouging and they were charging too much for these products, but that seems like a weird thing to yeah. say. Like you're charging too much. What's too much? Yeah, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think that you know when even when you look at the Uber thing and people were outraged at the surge pricing and some of those things, it's just men. Like that is capitalism. You know, if I'm making a product and demand happens to increase. Yay for me. I get to charge more money. It's almost like it's almost like even a stock, you know, if a stock goes up a ton and I'm like, oh, man, I can't afford that. It's like this literally is just a market. It is a marketplace. Everything is a marketplace. I should be a marketplace. And if you get that product, just like if you get a stock early, I think that you should you should benefit from that. If it is your product, it's not just, oh, I'm going to take this product, hoard it and make the uh, yeah. the demand, you know, kind of uh, fake almost. Yeah. The arbitrage is the dirty piece. So someone that is selling it for higher than usual because there's more demand, wouldn't it also, because they're charging such a high price and they've got such fatty margins and making money, it doesn't encourage a lot of other people to go, oh, let me go create some product. Oh, let me go add some products to this and get in on this high margin product. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, by seeing products at that range, it, I think it encourages more supply, exactly. right? More people are going to get into that game yeah for things that are just desperately needed though even then it feels a little a little off i just talking about physical products for a bit i just think i see a lot more people um, buying physical products online right because you know they don't want to go to the store they don't want to do that so a lot of people are buying from amazon for example it's you know brand they know and trust you know they've already got their credit card details there which is a big plus but i think even non-amazon e-commerce businesses some of them could do well during a recession or potentially even a depression. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that I'm excited about for just online businesses in general, whether it's a, a physical product that, you know, people are sitting around, they're going to buy a lot more. Amazon is going to win huge for this as long as they can continue delivering. It's just going to be a huge, huge winner. But I think e-commerce in general is already winning, as I'm seeing with some of our businesses. As long as you can keep the products and you can get them delivered, then now is a really great time. And then, you know, when you look at what you talk about with entertainment, I think it's also going to be very interesting to see what happens with education on like a university level, just because they're having to do uh, distance learning, essentially, 
And oh, yeah. It's going to create this realization of, oh, well, regardless of if we're in the business of distance learning, we have to be prepared to do it. And some of those other online universities are just a lot better prepared to be able to deliver uh, education virtually. Yeah. So I had a guest on the Empire of the Rivers podcast a while back, and he's heavy into like online education. Like he's passionate about it and very frustrated with universities and the prices they're charging and all of the kind of controversy around that and saying like, look, this is the way of the future. This is the way of the future. He's been banging that drum for a while. And I think he's starting, you know, well, now he's going to start seeing some of that coming true, right? Because of the, you know, uh, social isolation and the social distancing that's happening, you know, they're closing down all the classes. I mean, there's a lot of people are going to be studying at home and, and not just university classes, right? There's people that are going to be learning all types of new things. I know some people are trying to learn languages or learn how to play instruments. And I think there's a big opportunity for just kind of training and courses overall right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's the, the remote worker, remote education, all of that is people are forced to experience it. And I think it's going to be an explosion in both of those. I think so too. And I think anyone that has a course right now, pairing that with some content marketing and some connection marketing, I think their businesses could do really well while people have the extra time and you know they're trying to learn things. Let's talk a little bit about just buying and selling businesses online and offline and what we think is going to happen and where we see some opportunity in those areas. I mean, particularly with selling businesses, and I don't know that this is an opportunity, but I think it's likely to happen. We're going to see more businesses, more online businesses for sale in the coming months. We haven't seen a rush for that yet, but we think it's coming over the next two, three, four months as people need money. They're going to need to cover some of their stock losses and not just on the downside, but the upside, you know, there are some businesses that are doing quite well and they're going to want to take advantage of the fact that their business has grown over the last two, three, four months so they can sell and, and sell out. Like, let's say you have a prepper site or something, yeah. <laughs> like you could be doing quite well. Yeah, man. So even when you're looking at some of the deals that we've got that aren't as closely connected, I mentioned the toilet site earlier. You know, the last thing on my mind is like, oh, maybe this is going to do really well when there's some kind of pandemic. But because of the bidet side of that business, like it's exploded. So it's done very, very well, surprisingly. But and it wasn't like a targeted type of thing. So there are definitely some businesses that are, are benefiting from this. I don't see a ton of opportunity for the sellers unless they have a really interesting plan for the cash after. I don't know why you would sell your business opportunistically. I think a lot of them are going to be forced or perceived for sales. So I really see it's hard for me to argue that there's a lot of opportunity on the sell side. I think there's a lot more opportunity on the buy side. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think that there's there's going to be even more coming soon. But yeah, the big opportunity here is going to be those people that have some cash and are ready to buy. Yeah, I think, you know, they're going to see a lot of people are going to kind of wake up or smell the coffee on the look, I'd rather, you know, run an online business that I can run from home, or anywhere remotely, frankly, and be able to actually take control over their income. It remains to be seen right now as of, you know, middle of March, what's going to happen in terms of jobs and income for millions of people in the US and worldwide. But it's not looking good right? It could be particularly bad. And I think a lot of people are going to realize that and be in a position where they've got to do something about it. And I think buying an online business as a job replacement income could be uh, key. Yeah, I think there are going to be people that are, they're looking for 
income. I think that they're going to be also people that are trying to make up cash that they don't have because of the stock market and just start to put just put when things like this happen, you know, people start wanting to just have money in their savings account. And you know, if their stocks are losing, all of that is going bad, then it's going to be a chance for them to sell, sell an asset that didn't get hit as hard and get cash in the bank. Now, on the sales side for offline businesses, I think that that is going to be even a more desperate situation where, you know, I was talking to a guy that I sold a, a business to, man, probably four or five years ago. And we were, were brainstorming just, you know, different ideas on things that he could do in his business. But, you know, when you're an offline business, I had several businesses where my monthly expenses were fourteen, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month just with like rent and utilities and those kinds of things. So for those people that were they're saying, hey, like nobody's going to come to your store. And you can't take advantage of Uber Eats if you're not a restaurant. I think those people are going to really be in a desperate situation where they have to sell. So that's the upside to the folks that have the online businesses. You know, if you don't have a bunch of employees that you want to keep on and that kind of thing, it can be a little bit easier to ride that out. But I've got online businesses where the expenses every month are still, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars if you want to stay in business. So it's going to be interesting. Well, I think the arbitrage on like these needed goods is dirty. It feels wrong. I don't feel bad in the least on people taking advantage of businesses that are in trouble, that are hurting and buying them up for a fat discount. I have zero qualms about that. I'm sure some people do. I'm sure that's problematic for some, but probably not the people listening to our podcast, quite honestly. No. Uh, not these listeners, but like, I do think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the offline space for sure. I think it's going to get real ugly for a lot of small businesses around the US. Yeah, it is. It's going to be very tough. And I've always looked at it as it is almost a service because if, if we don't have the people that are listening to these podcasts to go out and buy those businesses, a lot of times they're going to get zero. You know, it's unlike the online market for offline businesses, there isn't as much of a marketplace. So for those people, even when you're buying it at that huge discount and saving them from that business, even that, that's still kind of presenting some value for that seller. You know, we have uh, some rules. Like, I wonder if online businesses will be, I don't think they're going to be as desperate or in as bad a spot, but I, I guess we'll see. We have rules around what we'll sell in terms of like the decline rate and what we would take. And I think we probably need to revisit that because there are going to be some online business sellers that are relatively desperate that are still interesting and worth selling even on a like fat decline. Like there are going to be buyers interested in that. So I'm, I'm actually going to talk to our team about that and see if we could just look at that in the coming months and see, make sure that we're not turning away businesses that are valuable, that people are going to want to buy because of, you know, a decline rule, like they're declining in income too much, too steeply. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually on both sides. I would want to look at the deal personally from the perspective of the business that's doing really well right now, the prepper business that's killing it right now. Gun safes or anything around guns. Someone was telling me they're, yeah. they're in Texas and they were like, oh my God, dude, that's like a line at the gun store. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, it's on both sides. I'm going to discount the increase and I'm not going to be as worried about the decline. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting. You know, Joe and I are talking about, uh, I think we'll see some multiple drops on online businesses. I think they'll hold a little stronger, but I think there'll be a lot more inventory in the coming months. So if you are cashed up, uh, start looking, take a look. Cause I think there's going to be uh, quite a few businesses available and you're going to be able to pick them up when other people are not. So I see a shift toward the buyer's market. We'll be, you know, keeping track of that and keeping tabs on it and reporting back to see if that turns out to be true or not. But I see it coming. Me too, man. All right, I think we'll just go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Web Equity Show. If you're digging the show, please drop us a review on your favorite podcast app to let us know what you think, and we'll give you a shout on a future podcast episode. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Web Equity Show. Now is your chance to be a part of the action. Go to www.webequityshow.com gift and send us your business acquisition or exit question and have it answered on the show. 